Welcome to Positive Disintegration, a path to authenticity. This episode is the first of a new format, and we're doing a quick bind. So a short little episode where Chris and I discuss topics or issues that we've seen coming up around the place. And today we're going to be talking about regret. We're talking about how to deal with things from your past when you regret them, how to use it as an opportunity to move forward and transform yourself, and also talking a little bit about forgiveness so we can move past it. Hi listeners, welcome back to Positive Disintegration. I'm Emma Nicholson. And I'm Dr. Chris Wells. And today we're trying out a new format. So it's just Chris and I and we're going to do a short bite so we can tackle a few topics and questions that have come up. The first topic that we wanted to tackle is regret. Things that we might have done in the past and stuff, you know, we might have regret that we did before. And also how we can do better and change our behavior without beating ourselves up. And, you know, with this topic of regret, I mean, my gosh, I could have thought of so many possible examples in my life. But getting to a point where you can recognize that you've made a mistake, that you need to correct yourself and not beat yourself up is a big deal. And I think it's something that we've both worked on for quite a while in our lives and we know that this is a topic that would probably be of interest to our listeners. Let's talk about, firstly, some of the things that we might regret, um, particularly from our past. Um, Because I know we were chatting before and you brought up um, examples of like word choice, um, you know, names and and particularly around ableism. So did you want to tell us a little bit about where you were thinking in that space? Yeah, when I was doing my autoethnography and looking at my medical records, especially in reading the language that some of the clinicians and um, nurses and psych techs, you know, a variety of medical professionals, just the language that people used in my records was kind of appalling. And that's what got me thinking about my own language and trying to do better. Um, And it was really easy once I had in mind that I needed to do that to just pay attention to the words that I use. And I realized that it was really common for me to use several words that are considered ableist slurs. And, you know, I I mean, I hesitate to even say the words, but I think that for a long time I felt like it was okay for me to say like crazy or insane because I had a history of mental illness It never occurred to me that I should think twice about using that kind of language in my everyday speech, but I've really worked hard to stop using those two particular words and other words that are on kind of the same level of, you know, unacceptableness at this point. And so, you know, that's just one example. But yeah, no, you go ahead. I mean, that's my initial thought on this. Yeah, you made me think about like stuff that we used to say growing up like names that we used to call each other at school and just words we'd throw out that, like, I can't even repeat them on this show because they're offensive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know what you're talking about because I said some when we were chatting before we started recording. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that for people our age, there were a lot of things that we said when we were kids that 
you know, are just unacceptable now. And they'd even be like in the media and stuff. But because I was thinking you see celebrities in particular on Twitter and they get pulled up for tweets that they sent like 10 years ago when, you know, maybe they didn't have that conscious awareness of, you know, that what they were saying might be offensive and then it comes back to the bite them. So we do see that going on, uh, you know, people getting cancelled and people getting grief for stuff that they've done way back in the past. So that might be something that's also playing into people's minds like you know oh what if i posted something on social media 15 years ago that you know someone's going to find it and they're going to think less of me today so what would your advice be for, for that like if you think that you've done or said things you know particularly like on social media in the past that people might find offensive like what would your advice be to how to deal with that that's a good question yeah. I mean, I think that one thing that you can do is try to eliminate things. If you have that control, I've gone in and deleted my tweets from the past because my Twitter account was really old and I didn't particularly want people to see the things that I was saying in 2010 or many years ago at this point. So, you know, to some degree you can do that sort of thing, but I don't think it's perfect. I mean, I think that there's always the chance that people are going to see the things that you've said in the past. And personally, I have stuff out there that could be found that I've said that I wouldn't say now. And all I can do is be who I am now and say that I have grown. I'm not the same person I was and I'm apologetic for, you know, any harm that it causes if it does. But I mean, there's not really much I can do about my old self. There's no sense beating myself up for the past. Yeah, I think that that's a really good point because personally, particularly with my Facebook history when it comes up, I catch little glimpses into who I was and it doesn't always align with who I am now. But if it's not offensive, I don't feel the need to go and change it or delete my entire trail because that's who I was and it's a learning opportunity and a chance to see how far I come. But I, I agree, if you see something that's problematic and you do have a chance to fix it, then like you don't have to just delete everything just in case, but it's a good opportunity to go back. And I, I did that recently with an Instagram post that I'd had where like I'd used a meme and I'd used the term spirit animal. But that was done before I understood its implications with American First Nations people and, you know, how it's an incorrect use of the term and it's a bit of appropriation. So I went in and I edited that post to take that term out because I just didn't have that awareness that that might hurt people. Um, so I think you're right. You know, if you see it, take you know, and you get a chance to fix it, then maybe you can fix it. Um, but it's you're probably not worth obsessing over. And I think you hit the point right when you said you just have to be prepared to be apologetic about it. Well, it also reminds me of when we make a mistake with somebody that we don't mean to do, right? Like maybe we misgender someone. I mean, all you have to do is say, oh, sorry, and get it right. You don't have to make a big deal about it. Say sorry, do better, correct yourself. And I think that one of the things that surprises me sometimes is how hard it is for people to take feedback and be corrected. 
this is something that I've really worked on and I know that I'm much better at than I was five years ago, 10 years ago. It's an ongoing process, but if I screw up and you tell me that I've screwed up, I do my best to reflect on the situation, look at all the sides that I have access to and just do better. I remind myself that it's rarely personal. You know, I mean, I think that as you heal in adulthood, you know, if you're me anyway, um, the less triggering it is and upsetting it is, it's a real issue that when we make a mistake, if somebody points it out, we should be grateful that they gave us the chance to do better. I always try to look at it from like a gratitude perspective. I make mistakes all the time. I want people to let me know. Yeah, and I think if you're particularly if you're not in an environment where you're used to failing and you're used to getting feedback of that sort because I'm in a position with my job where, you know, we try things out, we fail, we get feedback from stakeholders saying that our work sucks um, and then we have to make corrections. And I guess if you're not in that mindset of, well, failure or, you know, feedback that's critical, it isn't saying that you're the devil. It's saying that here's an opportunity to correct your course. Um, So I think if you're not used to being in that mindset, that could be hard. But it's always something that I've been taught in my workplaces is that if someone complains, particularly with customer complaints, you shouldn't see that as a failure. What you should do is see it as an opportunity to do better. You should see it as an opportunity to resolve a problem. And I think that's probably the one big tip I could give people is having that shift of mindset that rather than when people give you feedback that's maybe a little bit critical to have that first reaction of, oh, my God, I fucked up, I'm I'm a terrible person, Um, to try and change that around and go, okay, we made a mistake, let's take this on board and use this as an opportunity to course correct and to do better because that person could have said nothing and just walked away and taken their (laughs) displeasure with them. But the fact that they've taken the time to express that um, is actually an opportunity. That's right. You just reminded me of, I was, you know, at a hotel last month and, Um, the shower didn't work right in my room. And so I just wrote out like a description of the problem and gave it to the person at the front desk. And like, they were so apologetic. And I was like, it's okay. Like, don't bother apologizing to me now. It's fine. I'll live, but like do something about it. You know, like that's the thing. Take this note, give it to the person who can do something about it. And like, don't let people keep staying in that room and having this issue. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And that that's actually a good piece of advice that if you are giving feedback to other people, try to keep it factual and not make it about the person, like, personally. Don't, don't say, like, you're horrible. <laughs> Just give them feedback about the thing that they did and why you found it hurtful um, or why it's not the right thing to do and maybe even tell them that you're just expressing this to them so that they can do better. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Don't make it personal. But, you know, it's interesting. While we're having this conversation, I'm imagining myself in my 20s when I did take everything personally. <laughs> and I had such a hard time 
taking feedback, being corrected. And this is, I know personally, like part of my gifted trauma, you know, um, my misunderstandings about myself when I was young kind of set me up for that problem. And I had to grow. Like I had to go through disintegrations and be more emotionally mature because I was quite immature emotionally when I was younger. And so this has all been a process. And while you were describing your work issues around like being corrected at work, I know that that's a big part of how I got better. I used to do tech support. And when I did that job, you know, I got a ton of feedback, you know, in coaching and stuff, especially when you're first doing it. And I think that that was one of the first places where I really learned to not take it personally and just do better and remember the next time. And it made a big difference. I mean, I think this is the kind of thing that we just work at, like chip away at in ourselves, and it takes quite a bit of time. So that kind of leads me to the the last thing that I wanted to ask you about, particularly when it comes to your relationships with other people, because I know I've stuffed up friendships and treated people badly in the past in, in ways I'd never do today. What's your advice to people for dealing with the, the emotions of the regret? Because as you sort of said, when you're young, it's kind of hard to do because you don't have that the experience. But you know, particularly for people who might not be in your life anymore, you can't go back to them and seek closure. You have to try and find that closure within yourself. So do you have any words of wisdom around you know, how to deal with that feeling of regret when it comes up, and I don't mean just like, well, I have to do better moving forward, but, you know, finding a bit of peace for the the things in the past. I think that this is a place where it's appropriate to use the word transformation, because what you need to do is transform that regret and guilt from the past into action. I can say that that's what I did. Again, you know, when I was doing this autoethnography, I revisited a lot of the past and and there were cases where I was able to see the people who I had harmed in the past and, you know, try to make amends. But I really learned that people didn't always want to hear it. You know, they were like, hey, this is in the past. And, you know, they didn't want me to even bring it up to say I was sorry. They wanted me to just move on. And so I think that truly the best way to transform that regret is to be better and to work on yourself, not to you know, just hope that you're going to do better, but to figure out what you did wrong in that relationship and get a good understanding of what you can do differently from now on. Because the best way to honor the person that you injured in the past is to transform yourself and be a solid person. And I can say that, like, I know that that's true because when I see people now who used to know me when I was uh, an asshole when I was younger. I mean, I don't know what other <laughs> word like captures it. I mean, I really was like, I'm not just saying that I was a selfish, like egocentric person at times when I was younger and really um, put my own needs ahead of everybody else's. <laughs> I mean, there's just no denying that. And so the way that I've, I don't feel bad about that anymore because I, I live this new way every day. And when I go back home and I see people who used to know me, I can see that there's like satisfaction on all of our parts that I have become a better person and that I can do this work now. And I think that everybody can do this to some extent in your life. I mean, let's face it, 
our listener, like you're not the asshole that I was when I was young. So your journey may not be so steep, <laughs> like up that mountain, but I had to go a long way. I am a much, much kinder person and gentler person now. Um, it's funny because I was just thinking last night about there's one place in my medical records where a psychiatrist said that I had a, a don't mess with her way about her. Like that's how she said it. And that, that was me in a nutshell. I was like, don't fuck with me. And I was, you know, always kind of on the offensive. And so now, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of people who know me <laughs> will listen to this and be like, wow, that's hard to believe. But it's true. I mean, I was a very different person. The best thing you can do is transform yourself and be better. And even when you you are doing better, because I was a real dick in the past to some people, particularly people who were close to me, because I, don't know, I just wasn't in the right space. Um, and I had a lot of fear in my life. And it made me do things that if I had any bravery in me, like, you know, I wouldn't have done. But with that stuff, I think part of my journey is not just to do better, but also realize that the person who I was is not the same person who exists today and to try and give myself a break from those emotions about it and understand that, that when you are putting in the work and that transformation has taken place, you are different. So maybe you have to forgive that younger person who didn't know any better and who was dealing with all these issues and who hasn't gone through the life lessons. Because if you were to look at another person who was 20 years old and was stuffing up and doing the same shit you were doing, you might be a little bit kinder to them and say, look, you don't know anything yet, kid. You've got a long way to go. Um, you're ignorant. You, you know, <laughs> you don't know some stuff you don't have the experience to deal with some of these feelings or to deal with people in an empathetic way. And you might actually be kinder to that person. So I think that's part of it as well as realize that who you were before may be not the same person and, and trying to forgive that person a little bit, that younger version of you who was a bit of a dick. And You should definitely forgive yourself, yes. Yeah. And the last piece of advice that I got from someone, um, I was actually talking to a, a friend about this, I'm like, what happens when you can't go back and apologize to the person or you can't make amends? And she said simply, well, if you can't make it up, pay it forward. So if you're still like feeling stupid levels of regret for something in the past and there's no way that you can go back and make up for that thing, you know, if the person's passed away or, you know, they're out of your life, consider paying it forward. Do something, you know, with the conscious knowledge that I am doing this thing, whether or not it's doing charity work or paying the favour back to someone else, do it with the conscious effort of saying to yourself, I'm doing this to make up for that thing that I did to try and forgive myself. Um, so if you feel like, you know, you've got a bit of a negative karma debt, pay it forward. Absolutely. Yeah, and I just wanted to throw out there that one thing that I've done myself and I've recommended to other people is to like tangibly forgive yourself. So, I mean, I have like written letters to my younger self and really tried to, you know, because I'm a strong visualizer, I've tried to even like imagine my younger self and, and truly like forgive myself because 
I can see how I brought into adulthood my anger with myself. And I mean, when I look at my writing from when I was in my middle 30s, it's I just was so disgusted with who I'd been that I was brutal with myself. And that wasn't the answer either. You know, you really have to be kind to yourself. It's really important. Michelle Kane, you know, the, our guest from episode 14, I think, her husband put that into my head. Be kind to yourself. And he would say that. And I seriously, I would be like a jerk to myself and go, wait a minute. Is this being kind to myself? What would Dan say? And I like turn that around. You know, I mean, I want to plant this seed for somebody who's listening right now. Like, seriously, be kind and gentle with yourself. 100%. Uh, I used to be the master of self-punishment. And I know from all the years that I did it, it never solves anything. It doesn't tangibly do anything except make you feel a shitload worse. So if you're one of these people that beats yourself up, it's not helping you. It's not helping resolve the problem. It's not moving you forward. It's not transforming anything. Like It is seriously useless and it only makes you feel worse. But I think sometimes when you are a self-punisher, you have, you're like, no, 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 I deserve this. Um, And you don't want to let go of the habit, but you seriously have to try because while you're busy self-punishing, you aren't actually resolving anything and you'll never heal. Like beating yourself up is probably the worst thing you can do. So you have to give yourself that initial license to say, you know what, I'm going to stop this behavior. I'm going to stop beating myself up. I'm actually going to do something about it. But even that in itself takes a bit of forgiveness to go, you know what, I don't need this. Um, It's counterproductive. It's not doing me any good. Because I think people who self-punish a lot feel like they deserve it and they don't want to let themselves off the hook. But trust me, it's a shitty way to try and deal with your regret because it isn't dealing with it. It's really a kind of violence against yourself. And I would argue that you can't be a kind person with other people and gentle with them until you can do it with yourself. You know, it's really a place where your inner and outer worlds need to be aligned. And so, yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that this is where this episode ended up because this is a great message for so many people who are going through positive disintegration. As you reach these new peaks in your life and these new places that, you know, you work hard to get to, it's it's easy to to be too hard on yourself when you look at who you used to be, but that's just like you said, I mean, it's unproductive. It doesn't help. So, final thought be kind to yourself. If you're experiencing regret, be kind. Be kind to others around you moving forward and be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Well, thank you, Emma. It was fun doing this brief recording with you. It was. It was a lot of fun. And um, we'll do a few more of these moving forward and hopefully, uh, listeners, you enjoyed yourself as well. And let us know if you have any topics or questions that you'd like us to tackle in one of these little bites. This podcast is brought to you by the Dabrowski Centre. If you like what you've heard, please consider leaving a donation through the link in the show notes. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, consider leaving us a review or a rating. You can get in contact with us at positivedisintegration.pod at gmail.com and you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook.